Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Welcome, welcome, our family online. Let me just say this first before we get going. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. Uh, we had a massive turnout for Trunk or Treat. Um, and, you know, the, the whole purpose behind Trunk or Treat was that we would just extend ourselves to the community without any strings attached. Just give. Give them some love. Get around people that we don't know. Let people get around each other. Um, give them some candy. Give them some encouragement. Pray for them if we can. And, and just love on them and um, without any strings attached. And mission accomplished, but mission accomplished because of your prayers, your giving, uh, your serving, uh, your creativity. I mean, Mar I don't think Mark Beam's here, but Ma Mark Beam was the Grinch. <laughs> but he was, they had a lot of fun. He had a lot of fun. Um, it was just a fun time, but, but um, just the spirit of that whole thing, just the spirit of God, um, I'm so grateful that there wasn't any other agenda except, hey, we just want to bless you guys. And uh, again, thank you. We, that wouldn't happen if it wasn't for you, our church, amazing church, and whatever you did to contribute. Thank you so much. Um, again, I'm, I'm just so pleased with that, with that, um, with that event on, uh, on Friday. It was, it was wonderful, so thank you. All right, so hey, uh, a holy shift. Uh, we are finishing this series today. Give it up for finishing this series today. Yes, finally, Dan. We've been diving in this idea um, of God, listen, of God shifting things, listen, for our good. By the way, it's happening right now. It's happening. It, whether it's happening in your own heart or happening in the people around you, th that's what's been happening. Amen. A shaking, a shifting, a changing, listen, for the purpose of bringing out the good. Because whenever there's change or a shifting or shaking, it always produces something powerful that's needed for life. And also, one of, the, one of the greatest things it does is it puts things into perspective and readjusts our priorities, a holy shift. So in reading out of Nehemiah, I encourage you to go back there even today and just read through that uh, book. It's amazing. Nehemiah spearheads a movement to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And, and through intense pressure and adversity, he completes the task in only 52 days. And I think this is, yes, a picture of the body of Christ. This is a picture of churches, but it's a picture of your family. Your family. So when we, when we, when we talk today, I want you to think, I'm, I'm, I'm going right at home. In other words, let no work begin until it begins right in your home. So say it that way. That's, that's really what this is talking about. And even, even closer, in the home of our heart. But he completes in 52 days, which gives us a lot of encouragement. It's not going to take forever. And, and, but, but we begin to see the positive results of this change that happened. A shift of community and authority and identity. This trial produced a greater confidence in God. Mm. And a greater courage within themselves. And it gave them a brand new beginning and a newfound freedom. All those things come from a shift. That's why I don't run from a shift. Just say, Lord, 
I need, like I said last week, we need Christ in the middle of our crisis always. But it produced something else, and this is how we're going to finish today. Shortly after they finished, Ezra, the main leader of the church, comes out, reads the Bible to everyone. They hear it. They understand it. Everyone gets emotional. They start crying because they hadn't heard the word in such a long time. But Ezra says, he says, don't cry, but rejoice. This is a day to celebrate. And then he instructed them to do this for the next seven days, Nehemiah 8.12. So the people went away to eat and drink at a festive meal, to share gifts of food, and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's word and understood them. A party for seven days. Sounds great, right? Come on. But then this happens. This happens. This is really good. Nehemiah 9, 1 through 3. Then after that, on October 31st, the people assembled again. And this time, they fasted and dressed in burlap and sprinkled dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent separated themselves from all foreigners as they confessed their own sins and the sins of their ancestors. They remained standing in place for three hours while they read the Bible. Then for three more hours, they confessed their sins and worshiped the Lord their God. I didn't tell you this today, but I'm just giving you a heads up. We're actually going to about 540 today. So uh, we're going three and three. That's good, all right. Sounds good. Like, no, I'm not coming back to this church again. Listen, they fasted, they prayed, they confessed, they remained, they listened, they confessed again, and they worshiped God. It was a holy shift of humility. Humility. I'm so glad we're ending here. It's perfect. Humble. Say humble. One of the most important elements of our walk with Jesus, and it's the one that most people miss. They just simply leave it out or afraid to walk it out. Humble. Humble has saved lives, marriages, families, careers. It has paved the way for freedom. It has changed the course of history. And outside of Jesus himself, it is the most important element or truth to hold on to in life and in a shift. Humble. I'm not going to lie, humble stings for a moment, but the powerful results will last a lifetime. But humble isn't anything new, right? We all start humble and finish humble. We start with no teeth, very little hair, and many times end the same way. Diapers when we're young, sometimes diapers when we're old. No shame in that. Humble is just a part of life. Yet it is the one thing that we try to avoid. But listen, humble is how God blesses his people. Humble is how the church becomes a force in heaven and on earth. Jesus said this, Matthew 5, 5, God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. Ooh, that's a statement. So the question is, what is humble? People usually define humble by their own standard and therefore limit themselves and never really reach their full potential. Let's find out what humble really is. I can't think of a better place to go than Jesus. Amen? Jesus gave us the ultimate example of humble. Philippians 2, 5 and 9. I love, I love this translation. It says, have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. 
although he was in the form of God and equal with God, he did not take advantage of this equality. Instead, this is what he did, he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, by becoming like other humans, by having a human appearance. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on the cross. Look at verse 9. This is why. What? Humble is why God has given him an exceptional honor, the name honored above all other names. Humble. See, it's a nice idea to think you're doing what Jesus would do until you start to think about what Jesus actually did. Bless your enemies. Pray for those who treat you unfairly. Turn the other cheek. Give up your rights. Expect nothing in return. Forgive over and 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 over again. See, Jesus was the epitome of humble. How? Well, we just heard it. He emptied himself. I think this moment can just completely transform a person. We, we get this. He, say, emptied himself. One version says he made himself of no reputation. It didn't say bad reputation or questionable reputation. It says no reputation. He emptied himself of self. In other words, when we are too concerned about our own reputation, we cannot help but be distracted by what we think of us and what other people think of us. We, listen, we can become too sensitive or too guarded trying to protect ourselves from the judgment of others. And in turn, we become people pleasers or afraid of others and what they might think. Proverbs 29, 25, fearing people is a dangerous trap here, but trusting the Lord means safety. I found there's no gray area with God. <laughs> That's it. See, let me say this way. Caring too much about our own reputation is absolute bondage. I'm trying to help someone get free today. Um... Jesus made himself of no reputation. No reputation. And it showed. His goal was to have a reputation that pleased God first and foremost, not people first. It sounds so different than the world we live in. So many groups right now are trying to declare and protect their reputation and their rights when Jesus gave up his. I, I think, I think, and we try to tell this to people, and I try to live this as well as much as I can, but I always think, you know, if Emily and I are coming to the table with something in our marriage, and there, there might be a disagreement, I always think of this moment that Jesus gave up his rights. I must give up my right to be right right now. Matter of fact, if it can start there, I think, I think the relationship goes well, right? But, but sometimes in our, in our relationships, you know what? I'm going in, I know I'm right. At least I'm 98% right on this. I know, I don't know, I don't know. Emily, you know, and I'm, I'm telling you, it never goes well. Never goes well. But if I can give up my right to be right and start there, just like Jesus did, it will go well. Jesus deprived himself of being distracted with self 
or stuff. I say you can have stuff, just don't let stuff have you. You can have money, just don't let money have you. You can have people in your life, just don't let people have you. The quickest way to humble is to let go of self, to empty self. There were too many times when I woke up in the morning singing this song, me, 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 me. Dan stopped singing that tune. I love what St. Augustine says. He said, listen, this is quite bold, but it was pride that changed angels to devils. Woo. See, humility is the ultimate equalizer. It's the great balancer. Humility makes everything come back to center. That's so important to understand because, listen, we tend to go to extremes. Just like Billy Joel saying, I've noticed humans tend to overcorrect. Overcorrect. What, am I, what do I mean by that? Well, let me just give you a, a, a quick thing. I remember, I remember I was thinking about this phrase, overcorrect. I was thinking of uh, when I was 17 or 18 years old, and we were driving like a 78 uh, Cutlass and uh, driving through the intersection of Breton and Burton, and it was a snowy day, and my friend was driving. I think we just skipped... Uh, you know, the school to go grab some lunch somewhere. And we were rushing back and we're coming back and it was really icy and snowy. And all of a sudden we hit the ice and instead of, instead of him, you know, going the opposite of the way you're turning to correct it, he went the opposite way. And he, he overcorrected. He, he put that wheel that, and all of a sudden we spun once, we spun again. And we're screaming, right? <laughs> And then we spun a half a time. So we ended up going, looking at the opposite direction, you know. Thankfully, we weren't injured. And of course, we were scared. And then we laughed because we thought we were immortal, like every person does in their teens. My point is this. We have a tendency to overcorrect, to, to go in, in, in places. And, and humility is the one thing that can bring it together. It's like we would say, all love and no truth is tolerance, or all truth and no love is legalism. Humility will marry the two. And I've noticed that, that Christians, we can go to the extreme of separating ourselves from people that aren't like us. They don't think the way we do. They may even have a different religion. And so we automatically remove ourselves or separate ourselves from them. And I had this quick vision in my mind. I, I, saw, I saw this person putting all these signs in their yard about the things they were against. I'm against this. I'm against this. I'm against this. I'm against this. And I'm against this because the Bible tells me I'm against this. I'm against that. I'm against that. All these signs piled in their yard. And Jesus standing behind all the signs saying, they can't even see me. They can't see me. Because my, my, my philosophy is this. I'm, I don't have to tell people necessarily what I'm against. I just want to tell them who I'm for. Like it needs to start there, you guys. Who am I for? Because so many times we can't see Jesus because we're all telling people what we're against. Come on, you guys. The, the, the first the first move is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That doesn't mean I agree with everything in the world, but I, I sure want to build the bridge of Jesus to someone first. Yeah. 
But we do, you know, again, you know, oh, I don't know if I can hang out with you because you do that or you wear that or you drive that or I won't go there. In my view, I don't think that works in our culture. I think when we say I don't do this or I don't do that, we're really saying I really, I'm really glad I'm not like you and I'm, I'm glad I'm me. Now, please, please hear the heart behind this moment because I think it all starts with, listen, standing up for who Jesus is and presenting the real Jesus to the world first. Bef you guys get what I'm saying? Okay. Let me, let me this, is a, this is kind of a, uh, a, some verses that will hit us in the right place. But look at Luke 18. Then Jesus told the story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, that's just a religious person, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer, I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector, collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow saying, oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. I tell you this sinner, Jesus said, not the Pharisee returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves are going to be humbled. But those who humble themselves will be exalted. A holy shift of humility. I know nobody here struggles with that. This message is probably just for me. You, like, I, I want you to get this because some, sometimes we can, we can be deceived in thinking that we're humble. But what I read from that scripture, I think humble comes from the private. That tax collector stood at a distance. He, he, he didn't want to be seen. The other guy stood alone out in the open for everyone to see. So that's what happened in Nehemiah's day, holy shift of humility. First, humility is a gift from God. Just know that. Not something we have to create. You don't have to create it. It's ours through Jesus Christ. So let me help you with a few phrases today. Just get on the fast track today to humility with, a, with these few simple phrases. A fast track to humility. Amen. You guys good with that? Humility is the great balancer. Whatever you're struggling with in life, humility is going to bring it right back into balance. First, let me give you a key word from this verse. Numbers 12, 3. I love this verse. Now, Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on the earth. Do you know Moses wrote that about himself? Well, how does this work in the mess? I'll show you why. By the way, beware of the person who proclaims their humility. Well, didn't Moses just do that? No. If you, if you do your research on this phrase and what he's saying, you're going to find out translated correctly, he was saying this. I am the neediest person 
on the face of the earth. That's what Moses, Moses meant. I am the neediest person on the face of the earth. Earth. This was arguably one of the greatest leaders of all time. He led more than a million people to freedom. He was given the Ten Commandments. He stretched out a stick and parted a sea. But he said, I'm the neediest person on the face of the earth. I'm going to write it about myself so that millions and millions of people will see that. One thing I found out about God is he loves needy people. God loves needy people. We may not like it. Sometimes, but God, oh, God does. Be as needy as you want. So let me help you follow this path. Just a couple things in here and we'll finish up soon. We only have another four and a half hours left. Five and a half, five and a half hours. Sorry, my, my math is off. Five and a half and we'll get you out of here. Nehemiah 9, 1, 2, 3. So on October 31st, the people assembled and this time they fasted and dressed in burlap and sprinkled dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent separated themselves from all foreigners as they confessed their own sins. By the way, if you look at that little phrase right there, apparently for about seven days they were having a good old time with foreigners. They were. It wasn't just all church people. Like they were all hanging together in a city, right, together, right? It, 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 you don't have to separate yourself from people who don't know Jesus. Matter of fact, that's what I loved about Trunk or Treat. I knew that we would be in, in the midst of a lot of people that may not know Jesus. That's what I love. And that's where Jesus is going, right? That's where he is. He's in both places. He's in church, but he's a lot outside. Anyway, here we go. So listen, uh, they, they, the foreigner, as they confess their own sins, say own sins, and the sins of their ancestors, they remained standing in place for three hours. And then three more hours, they confessed their sins and worshiped God. So let's declare these phrases as we leave today. First one, I need help. Say, I need help. Thank you, sir. This entire text is shouting, I need help. I need help. Now turn to your neighbor and say, you need help. Wait, I'm just, that's not, that's, that's how we normally think. We, we're always thinking, man, don't they need help? Don't they need help? And we miss the fact that we need help, right? So I did that on purpose. Now turn to your neighbor and say, I need help. This is the phrase that can turn everything around right now. I need help. I need help. So Levi was home for a couple days. So good to see him. And I don't know when we get to see them. They're big, you know, adults now in college and doing their own thing. But so he came home and, and I was like, I'm going to make him my famous patty melt. It's not famous because I've only made it like twice, but I felt it was really good when I ate it the first time. So I said, I'm going to make him a patty melt. It's a little bit complex. You got to obviously cook the burger and, and then you've got to, you know, saute the onions and, and you got to put the cheese on just right. And then you got to, you, then you've got to, uh, you know, uh, like toast it. And, um. So I'm so excited. Can't wait for him to taste this thing. And I begin to flip that thing in the, in, the, in, in the small pan, two of them, small pan. And I flip it and I'm like, oh no, it just starts falling apart. Like, I'm like, oh no, this is not going good. It, I can see all the onions coming out. Everything is just going to be horrible. Like he'll, he'll be so disappointed. Right. I mean, all he wants to do is eat. But anyways, he'll be so disappointed with the way this thing looks. And I'm, I'm like struggling. And Emily's standing there and she's like just looking at me. And I'm like, she goes, 
Do you need some help? No, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. I'm just trying to move this thing around. It's just getting worse and worse. It looks like a big glob of just junk. And I'm like, oh. And all of a sudden, she just takes charge. And she walks in gracefully with this really thin spatula. And she grabs it. By the way, I just burnt my finger too. Everything was going bad for me because I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't, didn't want help. I wanted, this is my creation. And she came in and she gracefully grabbed that thing with a spatula, one hand over here, and just flipped it perfectly. And I looked at her and I said, I need help. I need help, right? I'm learning my lesson. In this moment that, man, they, listen, they, they, they were like putting on a potato sack and denying themselves of food and ashes on their head. They were just saying, hey, I need help. Publicly, I need help. First Peter 5, 6 says, so humble yourselves, look at, under the mighty power of God, and listen, at the right time, he will help you. He will lift you up in honor. He will help you. If, conditional, if we humble ourselves. Say, I need help. And say, I need to be honest. I need to be honest. I need to be honest. I need to tell someone what I'm going through. I need to open up my heart with my hurts and my sin to God and a trusted friend because honesty is still the best policy. Nehemiah 9.2, those, those of Israelite descent separated themselves from all the foreigners they'd just been partying with as they confessed their own sins. Say own sins. And the sins of their ancestors. They're like, man, we got some generational stuff happening here. They confessed their own sins. They looked into their own hearts. They dealt with their own junk. See, listen, if you want to be trusted, be honest. If you want to be trusted, be honest. If you want to be alienated, just gossip about other people. You guys are so quiet. No gossipers here. Come on, nobody here does that. <laughs> Honesty is the highest form of intimacy. David wrote in Psalm 51.6, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. I always know that when I'm, when I'm walking in self-protection or pride, it's really difficult to hear from God. And it's because I don't want to let him in. And there's a reason why I don't let him in. But you know what? Because, because I, it probably stems from maybe early childhood where, man, if, if, I, if I tell somebody that I'm unable, if I tell somebody the, the thing that I've been through in life, if I, if I tell somebody my pain, are they going to reject me or accept me? Or will, I be, will they humiliate me? God will never do that. God will never do that. But he's asking for us just to be honest Talk to someone about it, please. Talk to someone about it. The Bible says if you confess your sins to God, he cleanses you of all unrighteousness. 
And then he says, when you confess your faults one to another, you'll be healed. And my, my thought is, okay, there's a lot of people forgiven, but a lot of people not healed. Because even though they confess to God their sins, they have a hard time going to a brother, sister, or someone close and, si- and confessing the fault. And therefore, many forgiven, but many not healed. And he's saying, I want to show you a path to personal healing, soul healing, right? And it comes by you just sitting down and just telling someone about your stuff. Not somebody else's stuff, your stuff. And in doing that, the Bible says, you will be healed. Humble says, I need to be honest. And Humble says, I need to hear you. Almost done. Remember, they stayed for three hours. We can be so eager to get our point across. We can be so eager to be heard. When Humble says the opposite, I need to hear you, God. Or I need to hear you, Emily. Right? Yeah. One of the greatest things you can do in a relationship that's struggling in any way is the, the person that says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give up my right to a right, is to just zip it. Just zip it and let the other person talk. Just zip it. And hear, really hear, listen, hear, read between the lines. Just listen, listen, listen. Eventually you'll find out what the problem really is. It's deeper. Humble will put you in a place to hear from God and people. Look at 9.3, they remain standing. Nehemiah 9.3, they remain standing in place for three hours while the book of the law of the Lord their God was read aloud to them. Three hours, my, my, my. Humble and hungry and ready to hear. They weren't playing around. I love this verse as we're finishing. Second Chronicles 34, 27, look at this. God says, you were sorry and humbled yourself before God when you heard his words. I mean, there are people that, listen, I've been in a place where I'm like, I, I, I'm here, I'm listening, but I'm not hearing. I hear words, but I'm not really getting in here, right? So humble will automatically put you in a place where you can actually hear from God. Humble says, I need to hear you. Say, I need to hear you. And lastly, humble says, I need a heart of worship. Humble says, here I am to worship. I didn't come for me, I came for you, God. I didn't come to have my needs met first. I came to give you what you deserve, honor and glory and authentic worship. Nehemiah 9.3, they remained standing in place for three hours while the Bible was read. Then for three more hours, they confessed their sins and worshiped the Lord, their God. Humble, the great equalizer, the great counterbalance. And this moment was a reminder of just that humble. See, why are people so scared of humble? It reminds, it, it, it rhymes with jumble. Mumble. Those are scary words. Humble. Humble. Just a little word. But it will save your life. It will save your life. So they had fun together. They got together with their peeps had community with each other, enjoyed life. 
but they come to that moment Nehemiah says hey so glad you had fun but never forget humble never forget humble wake up and think about humble think about Jesus and think about humble and humble will guide your day humble will, 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 will make your relationships rich and full humble will bless you amen so here's the humble moment as we're, we're done. I thought instead of praying a prayer, we would sing our prayer. And so, but I, what, I did, what God desires is just authentic, right? He, he's looking at our hearts and he's saying, can I, can we have a Nehemiah moment where I, we, we come together, God and you, we come together and we have a heart to heart it's real. You're not guarded, but you're willing to just offload your heart. So I'm going to say this. You want to stand? You can. If you want to sit, you want to kneel, you want to walk around, whatever, however you, wherever gives you freedom to, to, to have this humble moment before God, go for it. But, but, but have it alone with you. Amen. So we're just, I'm going to just sing through this, this song and we're going to make this our prayer. Amen? So, Lord, thank you so much for this moment. God, I pray for every heart right now to be open to you, Holy Spirit. You're knocking on the door of our hearts. And you want to bring humble in. You want to bring humble in right now. So, Lord, we just give you this moment. Sing. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's a word that will bless your heart I'll bring you song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart Sorry, Lord, for the thing I made, but it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Mm. It's all about you, Jesus. King of endless worth.
though I'm weak and poor, all I have is you, every single breath, bring you more than a song, I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have search much deeper, Lord. You search much deeper within. Through the way things appear, you're looking in to my heart. Sing it together. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. One more time we say, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It is all about you. about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. Lord, I'm just so believing, God, that as we finish this series, this message today, God, this would be the overwhelming, overriding truth that would penetrate deep, deep in our hearts, God. And that's humility and true humility, God, true authentic humility, God. Lord, you love us so much, God. I thank you, just Jesus, for who you are. Jesus, thank you for the perfect example of, of humble. And Lord, we just honor you. And I, I, Lord, I just pray that as we leave this place, God, that that word, we, we just keep hearing it. We keep hearing it, God. It'll, and, and Holy Spirit, you'll guide us through humble and humility, Lord God. It, it's gonna be so good for us, God. It's gonna restore families. It's gonna, it's gonna put us on the right path, God. It's gonna help us spread the good news to the world, God. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, you guys. Bless you. Thank you. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.